I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast that talks about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Marcy. She has Caroli disease. Let's talk about it. Uh, you know what I am excited to talk about, though? Uh... Well, we're sitting here with our with our not so new friend Marcy because we met before at a bitchin' CF fundraiser event in Toronto. Uh, CF uh, Canada put on a, an event called the Homecoming, and uh, was that fuck. with the bus and then and yeah, man, remember that? Yeah. It was like it was a yeah. sick outdoor indoor space party, and like I got. I got lit up. Yeah, I, you did. I, I did. Like we bailed Brian and went and I to left the movies. I let loose. <laughs> you guys bailed on me, and I was like, what I'm What did we go to? I think we went to see Ad Astra. You did. I think we, we got did. Really, yeah, yeah, really, that's right. really banged yeah. and went to see. Yeah. And you, uh, and right. which, and which that movie, that movie yeah. sucked. Yeah. And you know, it didn't it suck? Disappointing. Homecoming. Yeah. Um, Marcy, uh, but we met that night, and uh, again, I don't remember much from that night because of the state that I was in, but I do remember you... I, I, I don't I, saying it this way sounds weird, but like I do remember you giving a pitch of like here's why I should be on the show, and uh, and you you this is like I, I went through the notes of um, what we're going to talk about today, and so the, I, I'm gonna so is it Caroli's disease or Caroli's disease? From the medical professionals, that what they have told me, it's Caroli's. 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 Sweet. Sounds like a pasta. Uh, right? I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know like who it. Caroli is, but nice yeah. to meet her. Toss some <laughs> marinara sauce and a little bit of Parmesan on that. Sounds great. Sounds delicious. Um, Caroli's, I mean, I, so I always get really stoked to talk about illnesses that we've never heard of, but especially when it comes to illnesses that are like super fucking rare. Um Give us a little rundown. What is Caroli's and, and how rare is it? So Caroli's is, it affects your bile ducts in your liver. So your bile ducts, I guess, again, not medical professional, so enjoy this description, are like the veins to your liver. It processes all the toxins, the gross stuff, and the bile flows then through your intestines and then comes out of you. So basically, your bile is your poop. So, oh, with Caroli's disease, it is, I have wider bile ducts in my liver, but those bile ducts uh, then create stones because they're so big. So, you've heard of gallstones, kidney stones, stones like that. I I'm guess horrified of anywhere. stones. Yeah, just yeah. like any kind of stones, really. Uh, they scare me. And they hurt like a son of a bitch. Mm -hmm. So, even when they're in your liver. Uh, so, with the stones in your liver this time, that bile that I just described of all the lovely things, mm. it doesn't flow through or metabolize through your liver at that point, And then creates blockages, all of those types of fun things. So, I've had my pancreas inflamed, all this stuff, because my liver, it still works, thankfully. That's the best part of Caroli's disease, but it's not flowing through all the bad stuff to get out of you. Well, okay. That's a good description. Is there like a, like a sepsis, a sepsis like thing going on? Are you at risk of like poisoning yourself? Um, technically no, because it's flowing through enough. It's just painful when it's not flowing through properly, I guess. Mm. Right. So, so this really kind of came about and uh, it started when I was two and a half and I had no idea, basically. I had a colidocal cyst uh, the size of a grapefruit What's a growing on my liver. A colidocal what? A hola what? Yeah, colidocal cyst. I have no idea what the real term of that means, but it's just a okay. cyst that grows on your liver and it is 
it was removed when I was two and a half. Shout out to sick kids. I was a sick kids baby. Um, so it's like an accomplishment when you're like a sick kids baby. And yeah, now totally. look at me, I'm I mean, 30 and rocking. Have you seen those <laughs> sick kids commercials? They're so badass. Like, I don't see badass. why you wouldn't they're, want to be a sick kid They're basically baby. miniature Marvel movies. They yeah. are. Yeah. They're superheroes. They're, they're so... I was a sick kid's baby at two and a half, and that's when it started. They removed this cyst the size of a grapefruit off my liver, and it wasn't until I was 25 years old that all of a sudden this came back up. So they're not the stones. They could, like, suspect they were cysts. They didn't know really what it was, but, ooh, lost an AirPod. Um, (laughs) They actually turned out to be just stones, like you would get in kidney stones, et cetera, uh, but in my liver this time, developed from this colloidal cyst when I was younger, and here we are today. I'm always going to have them. They're always going to come back. Whoa. Who knows when? Oh, no. <laughs> do you have to get them, do they have to be surgically removed, or is there like a medication that you have to take to get or, rid of them? Or? or do they laser them out like, yeah. uh, like kidney stones? Yeah. So, all great questions. So... Uh, this disease, because it is so rare, as Jeremy mentioned, it is one in a million people have it. Uh, according to NORD, which is like the National Organization for Rare Diseases, shout out to them because I made the list apparently of rare diseases. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, NORD, for that. Um, so because it is so rare, a lot of people don't know that much about it. I am on medication, which is a bile thinner. So Whoa. it. It, yeah, isn't that gross? <laughs> like, uh, like, can I just jump in here? It, like, does that? You know, uh, have you ever, um, have you ever thrown up on an empty stomach? Yes. And you know, like when when you throw up on an empty stomach, like, bi- like it's oh, it's so nasty. Like bile comes up, and that ta- that taste is so. But like, it bile is like a very like. If you've never thrown it up, and I'm sorry that I'm gonna explain this to everyone, but like, <laughs> please go when you throw up bile, it's like um. It's like this toxic yellow looking color and it's it's quite yeah, it's viscous. Very looking. It is very new. Yeah, yeah, very much so. <laughs> and it and it it does have like a viscosity that is like like it looks sticky, you know? Like do you what oh. like bile oh. I know, I know. I'm so sorry. What's the difference like, between bile and mucus? Cuz I kind of picture the same thing, you know, like really like sort of like green toxicy colored like well, mu- mucus is gunk. like is like airway surface liquid and like and like i mean uh, that, that that's that's like that's like the that's like the mucus from your lungs and that's like a they they are different i don't know is what the bile fuck, like is bile like actually <laughs> like i liked i liked i was, going, you, I was trying i liked I was trying. watching <laughs> you like start to explain that as if you really knew how to explain <laughs> oh. the difference and then realize that you just weren't equipped <laughs> but bile is you tried. bile is like acid right like isn't it it is acidic i picture it as you know that yeah, cartoon when we were kids of like the poison <clears throat> container and it has yeah. like green steam coming out of it yeah. that's basically your bile because it is all the poison and toxins that are coming from your liver filtering out of you. Whoa. I can't compare that to mucus. I don't know enough about mucus. Sure. But <laughs> Here, let so me if, if you're getting if you're getting bile thinner, like like bile thinning medication, like does that like how does that how does that change that does it just change the the does it just allow the bile to like more freely flow through you? Yeah. The consistency so that when the bile flows through and all those toxins, et cetera, they don't, the goal is that they don't create stones when it's flowing through because it's all the bad stuff that creates these stone cyst-like things that become blockages in the bile ducts. Okay, so I'm picturing, so when you talk about the bile ducts, you're like a a healthy bile duct, duct, I'm imagining like a a freely, freely flowing river it's like a thin, narrow river. It's probably got like a sandy bottom. It's really smooth, and the water just flows. But you've got uh, a wider river, but the wider river has these massive boulders in it causing like rapids, and it's not even water flowing through. It's like sludge flowing through. So it's like not only is it wider and like thicker, and the, the, the sludge is harder to flow past the rocks, and it's creating these like sludgy rapids. So you have to like, number one, thin out that sludgy water to turn it more, to make it more viscous. Mm -hmm. And then also try to eliminate the boulders. 
It's so crazy to me that we have people email us to tell us that they listen to this fucking show in like their med school classes. <laughs> but it, I like, feel it, like that's it really an accurate, boggles yeah. my mind. It, like we are such fucking idiots. Marcy, <laughs> am I? Am I like? That's kind actually of... one of the best analogies I've heard of it. Dude, because that is, I, I'm going to give Brian that one because you nailed it. That <laughs> is I'm, the I'm best visualization. <laughs> because also, like. Have you seen a real liver? It's like the size of a football. It's like your meatiest internal organ. They're like Whoa. three to five pounds. <clears throat> they're massive. Mm. Um, and like, they're definitely not pretty. So all the things that go into your liver, your bile ducts are basically the tree-like veins in your liver that are trying to get everything out. So yes, like the river, that Sweet. is your liver. Okay, right, so right. you mentioned that like you had this sort of surgery when you were two years old, and at that po point, did they mostly think that like, oh, this this person will go on and live mostly a healthy life, and then at twenty five, totally normal like, life, had no idea. So at twenty five, then what 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 happened then that or, or like was there a sort of symptom or something that happened to you where you were like, oh fuck, something's going on inside of me. Something's definitely wrong. Yeah, I was having severe pains. So they tested me for, they thought I was acid reflux. They thought it was everything under the sun because symptoms for a lot of liver diseases, including this one, are very flu-like symptoms. Nausea, uh, uh, getting jaundice, but I didn't really turn yellow, like especially oh. how you see in cartoons or like the first thing you see, like I didn't go yellow by any means. Fever, like all very flu-like symptoms. So it wasn't really until I started having MRIs done that to take a closer look because even on ultrasounds, because my liver had this cyst on it when I was young, it squished part of it. So it never grew back into like the textbook liver that it was. So they really had to hmm. kind of dive in a little bit deeper to see what it was. And it was through MRIs. MRCPs where they do the scope down your throat kind of thing to oh, actually wow. take a look at your insides. And yeah. when they discovered, holy shit, there's actually quite a few stones in here. Whoa. Whoa. So, Whoa. so, so, right. Sorry. Did, did I miss this? How do they get those stones out? Well, that was going to be the next part. Of the <laughs> yeah. You, got, yeah, you guys right. threw like three good hardball questions at me at once. <laughs> I, know. I know. There's so much. <laughs> so, uh, we started with, I had, uh, over a course from 25 mm. till I would say I was 27, three PTC drains. I have no idea what PTC stands for, but I have holes in my stomach now from where these drains kind of, oh gosh. Whoa. AirPod down. AirPod <laughs> down. Sorry, these AirPods keep going down. Uh, <laughs> so where these uh, holes and drains were in my body. So we started with, because bile wasn't flowing through, they took a tube and put it into the bile duct of my liver, which is like a surgery, basically, to go in there, put the tube in so like, they have access to my liver. Flush that river out, like add some flow. Oh, it gets better. It's an even better video game. Oh. I would go back and they would start by attaching kind of like a colostomy bag, but a bag that flowed my bile into it Whoa. attached to me. Did it look oh. all? Did it look that like that? It was the like, sexiest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> it did, did it have that crazy color to it? The bile. It did. It was uh. like a dark green. And let me tell you, have you ever smelled your insides before? Oh, <laughs> no. dude, yeah. Oh, but, but oh you're speaking my language. let me tell you. Wow. So you the could smell. You could smell it in the bag. Oh yes. Wow. Oh, oh my gosh. My. There's gotta be a demand for scent proof bile bags. There's there has be. there has Guys. to be somewhere. Someone needs one. Market Let gap. me tell you. Don't wow. Google full bile bag. Don't Google it. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I apologize. Anyways, now it was the sexiest thing that's ever happened to me, clearly. So I had like safety pins and it was hidden under sweatshirts and I had tubes all tied up in me. You should have seen the shit I came oh, up with so, to hide this bile bag. So this isn't like a this isn't like a, a Marcy goes so into the hospital so and like and like goes through this procedure this is like this is it's kind of like an ostomy where it's like oh no you you live with this on you for a period of time for a period and go of about time your, and go about your life how, check well, it out. Like how long how long was that that period of time check the links uh, in the chat <laughs> oh we're, we're looking at bile bags now yeah, I, I told that. you yeah, yeah, that's I got two of them I got two of them check these oh, out. oh Jesus dude wow yeah that oh, is yeah, uh, yep okay one. that's it 
So yes, it like I said, real just attached to me. <laughs> Loved having my bio bag. We would nickname it all the time. Like my friends and I would be <laughs> right. like, we would nickname it whatever like I was feeling. It would also like leak from the hole too. So oh, like no. I had to go in like a couple times a week to like one of the life uh, like care places to get like someone professionally to clean it and stuff. But let me right. tell you, the tape jobs I've come up with, showering was hilarious. <laughs> I've oh. No, oh, let me tell you, I was saran wrapping myself, garbage <clears throat> bags, everything Whoa. all over my body. Wait, so, so I had these tubes for about six month increments. They would put it in and let me go home, let bile drain, kind of let my liver relax, not be inflamed anymore. And then I would come back in for a procedure where, and this is why I, I call it an arcade game, basically, where they said they would go through that tube and like the claw grab a stone and disintegrate it and pull it out. Whoa. <laughs> and you, were you awake? Like, are you awake for that? Oh, show? no. Oh, no. Okay, you're thank out. God. You're out. Okay, fuck. Thank God. I am way too much of a baby so for that. Crazy. So, yeah, That's... it would be like a day surgery, but I was out for the cap for See, sure. I should be that doctor. I should be that doctor. Like, I want to be the guy playing the claw game. Like, wow. I feel like you don't yeah. need to really That's have, like, medical skills. That's a good reason doctor. Like, no, yeah, but like, that, if you're that you video want games. to be that doctor, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I only I, want to do it if I get to do the thing with the claw. The claw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Break yeah. up those stones so they would like mash them up <laughs> so they would be able to filter then through my liver. <clears throat> uh, stuff like that. Or I, pull them right out, like, depending yeah. on how hard they were, how long they were there for, because there were so many of them at one point in time. Wow. I, I do want to come back to PTC because you, you had <laughs> said you had, a, you had a PTC drain and you, you weren't sure what that meant. Uh, yeah. uh, so I, I, I found PTC drainage uh, the drainage tube is placed through the skin into the tube, into one of the bile ducts in the liver to allow bile out another common name for this procedure. So it's also known as a bilary drainage, but another common name is the, uh, percutaneous trans hepatic cholangiogram which is the PC, PTC. That is, is way Langeogram. too many. Uh, yeah, there's, there's nailed it. far too many uh, uh, syllables there. <laughs> but that, yeah, that's, I mean, so, so, so again, how long, how long were you walking around with this shit? Like the, the bag and, and like, what, what was, how, how used to it did you get? Way too used to it, unfortunately. Right. Uh, so it would be around six months at a time. Not the whole time did it have the full, a bag on it. Sometimes they would cap it, but I would still have the tube in case they needed to get in for other reasons, just because there were that many stones. Or if I did have another flare up of pains, fever, et cetera, Uh, my code word is, which is not good during COVID-19 right now is if you have a fever, you get to emerge. After all these years, that is what I've learned is mm-hmm. everyone, every doctor has said, just go straight to emerge, which is horrifying right now, especially oh, yeah, um, because your liver is what really protects you and gets all the bad things out of you. So COVID has also been very interesting for me as someone who is a little bit riskier and has to be more careful because I don't know how my body will react and be able to fight off something like this. Mm-hmm. Are you so, getting when you say that there's a like when you say fever get to emerge is that is the fever is the fever happening because like that blockage is like that that flow the flow of bile is is really restricted and it's making you sick and you're getting the fever because your body's trying to heat up and fight it. You got and it. So you so. just know like you got to you know that like my liver when I get a fever my liver is really not agreeing and the hospital is the next. Yep, the next something's summer. wrong. I have I mean, like surgeons' yeah. numbers. I'm like, I'm with this surgeon. Hello. Yes, they told me to come here. <laughs> how, how hard was it for them to? Because it's such a rare disease. Like, yeah. how hard was it for them to diagnose this? Um, and sorry, sorry, were you diagnosed when you were when you were super young, or did they? Did I was they, not. They did, the, they did the surgery, and they had the they, they had the thing when you were super young, and then they diagnosed you way later. Because they think diagnosed that, me in yeah. 2015. Yeah, you're right. Okay. They thought it was just the colidocal cyst. Thought I'd go on to live a right. totally normal life, and then it wasn't till I was older that all of a sudden this started coming up, and they realized my past surgery and that colidocal cyst. Um, had really what it was what gave me Caroli's right. disease. So I have uh, I go to UHN also in Toronto University Health Network, who has a bunch of specialties. It's a pretty big hospital network, and like I'm very lucky that I get to go there because 
even if I didn't live in Toronto, that's probably where I would be sent. So um, they diagnosed me in 2015. Um, and uh, there's I've had numerous specialists kind of see me. And then it wasn't until 2017 that they decided, nope, these stones keep coming back. We can't put another drain in her again. I think I'd had two or three by that point. Oh. Um, there's just too many stones. We're going to chop yeah. off half her liver. Whoa, <laughs> Whoa. dude. Whoa, crazy. Oh, does it grow back? Did it grow yeah, back? The That's the coolest yeah. part about dude. your liver. It you is can, the wildest organ. We're lizard You can cut people. off 75% of your liver and still have it grow back. It's like so a they cut off. Is the idea that it will they, they cut it off and it'll grow back regular? So that's the part they didn't have an answer for me on. Mm. They really didn't know because of the corollas. The they dark. don't think it was. They think I'm always going to eventually get those stones again. Yeah. Um, but they said because of where the stones were growing, they were really in the left half of my liver. So they wanted to mm. kind of go to that side. See if chopping the left side off would do it, me better, frankly, and go from there. So, Guys, Im- imagine that that's how they like cured diseases like cancer. Like I'm speculating right now, but imagine this. I, I think that the cure. I think that the cure to cancer. This is my speculation. Oh, is going to be salamander stem cells. You okay. take them from a salamander tail, mm-hmm. and then if you get cancer in your arm, we just fucking whack it, take it right off. And then we Whack inject it. you with salamander cells, yeah. stem cells, and then boom, you grow your arm back. You heard right, you first. sound like a you sound like a doctor from 1830, right? Like that. That is doctor from 2030, baby. He's got a sickness in the leg. Chop it off and give some, shove some leeches down his throat. Like that. It's just it's <laughs> fucking bleed them out. We'll, we'll just bleed all that badness out. I don't know if you could put a salamander in my liver. I don't think that'll work at all. But, but the liver kind <laughs> of is one, that way already, right? It, like, it already is. It regenerates like crazy. Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you got your podcasts. So the funny thing about how we're recording this today is I go for an MRI every six months and my next MRI oh. is on Sunday. Oh, wow. So since May 2019, knock on wood, I have not had one of those PTC drains or bile bags attached to me and I've been okay. And that's the longest Ooh. in the last five years I have not had anything that they've needed to cut me open and go or go into me for. When did they chop off your liver, like half of your liver? When so was that, that was February of 2017. And so do you, uh, do you know how long, like, has it regenerated? Is it, it is has it, regenerated. How long did it take uh, to get like another It's not 50% fully back? regenerated as of today from what I, I was told last, um, sure. but it is regenerating. <clears throat> it, the best part wow. is, is I go for these MRIs because of how it regenerates. It will never look like a normal liver. So sure. all the MRI techs and stuff are like looking at me being like, this is going to take a little while. Can you breathe again? We're not sure what we're looking at here because it's just not a normal picture whatsoever. So they are, it's an MR. That's why I go for such frequent MRIs is to see kind of mm-hmm. how it's regenerating. And if it's also regenerating with stones, because no one right. knows kind of like Whoa, we mentioned. Yeah. Is this a re, is this a repeatable, like, like, is this, is this a viable option to do again and again? Like, Say, say, you know, knock on wood, this does not happen. But let's say two years down the road, you're like, oh, fuck, the stones are back. Are, are, is your, is the, is your medical team like, you know, is it in the cards for them to go, well, let's whack it again? Whack, yeah, whack it and, and just let it Shop off the right side this time. Um, I think so. I think it would be an option. Because it, I think it would depend on how many stones were there that they would go the route of the PTC drain again or the number of stones. Mm. So the reason why they went with, um, I keep saying chopping off half my liver like it's an entree or something. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, just 
delicious. Um, I mean, I'm sure I there think... is some sort of chopping motion in the in the midst. Oh yeah, of it, just you know? thawing. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. Oh yeah, just. Ooh. Uh, you know what? I, I, I honestly, feel. sorry to say this, Marcy, but just I feel like DIY you probably just you, you you probably would have been um, already over this if they would have Salt just bay. injected uh, salamander stem cells in. It probably like I think it would have grown back twice as fast. To be it honest, it would have. You're right, Brian. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you are the specialist, Doctor. Yeah, you can call me so Doctor Doctor Brian. So they're gonna look it's, back. It's on literally this going to his fucking head. Forty years, <laughs> and this will be like this will be archived in the. World yeah. Health, <laughs> the WHO's like museum. Well, it's, it's like be in the it, WHO's museum where, I they, think where so. they where they go where they go. This was the first. This is the first recorded um, accurate speculation of how <laughs> limbs are regrown on human beings. Um, I have a question. Uh, is why? So you know, if they, if they're like, yeah, let's go in and, and lop off half your liver. Has there been any discussion about like full on liver transplant? Is that a is is that something that you've you've considered or or is that well, even like yeah. an option? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sure some of you know uh, the transplant process here in Canada is not a fun or easy one. So it was put on the table by my surgeons to put my name on the liver transplant list. Um, I had to make the decision whether or not I really wanted to go through with it. In the end, after multiple discussions. It, we did not specifically because I probably would be at the very bottom of that list. And mm. because uh, it's a good thing, but a bad thing, my liver still fully functions with all of these stones. So I'm very lucky that my liver still functions. It may not get rid of everything properly, but it still fundamentally works and does mm. its job with these stones in it. So I, I guess I'm not 100% sure again, I'm not the medical professional, but a, a liver transplant really only gives you about 10 years. It's the, a new liver only oh, really? is supposed to give you 10 years. And I was 27 at the time. I'm 30 now. And what does that look like for me? Mm. And in terms of your quality of life, like yeah. even now, I don't know anyone else with <laughs> Crowley's disease because it is a one in a million kind of people thing. Mm. Um, ironically, I've met people off of social media that when I was going through my surgery, I would post about it on Instagram and I had two people message me one woman in las vegas she had just had her liver transplant and mm. one girl in ireland she had her ptc drain in currently so those i haven't taught i don't is there a support group somewhere for like really weird rare liver disease type things i don't know like uh, it's just one of those things that i've no one really knows mm -hmm. yeah that's that's wild so is there, you know, is there a, I mean, again, rare disease, you know, hard to say, I'm, I'm sure that there's still so, so much unknown about the disease and the way it works, but like in terms of, um, in terms of life expectancy, like, have you, have you had conversations about that with your, your, your medical team? Like, is there, is there, is there a shortened life expectancy with Corollis or... Yeah, they think so, just because at some point in time over life, anyone with a liver disease, your liver just doesn't work hard enough, fast enough as you get older, uh, which is like a big, whenever I say I have a liver disease, people look at me like I have five heads because they're like, you're young, a female, like you're not an older person. I'm not a diagnosed alcoholic. I... Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose <laughs> there is a lot of like a lot of stigma that comes with liver disease, like especially with the the alcoholism part of it. You know, like mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think yeah. people automatically go there. Like, like that's yeah. the, and then that's I think that <laughs> probably well conscious or subconscious, like oh I I have a liver disease, and then some pe some people might think like in their head, oh you're an alcoholic. Let's mm. not like I don't want to I don't want to talk or, to you about or this. I've had hepatitis like, or, or yeah. Mm -hmm. it's again you and hepatitis hear, or, itself is also like highly stigmatized for like exactly drug abuse and all fuck and dude you, I mean we, we we found it when you googled hepatitis C the image that came up like the Mayo Clinic the image Mayo was Clinic like one, yeah. this like 
like tattooed pirate with a fucking like dark Goatee. hanging out of his mouth yeah. and like like bad posture, and you're like, wait, wait whoa, what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah, he's got like, like a mom tattoo on his. Yeah, it was like it was like, hold on a second, what the fuck <laughs> is this? Yeah, like you uh, only hear about liver diseases that have to do with alcoholism, hepatitis, fatty liver disease, mm. and I mm. uh, if. You Googled that, you probably wouldn't see my image, hopefully. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things where, yeah, there there's a lot of stigma around it. Oh, my gosh, these AirPods. But at the same time, the funny part is, is usually when I'm telling someone about this, I have a glass of wine in my hand. And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for asking. Um, yeah, right, right. Feeling good, doing better. Again, like while I had my PTC drains and stuff and recovering from surgery, I obviously didn't drink alcohol, et cetera, based on medications, what's good for you, et cetera. But a lot of people ask me to this day, can you drink? Or they'll see me mm -hmm. at a party or something like that. And they, I guess they just expect that I, because I have a liver disease, I can't drink anymore. But it, I've asked every doctor numerous times and fortunately alcohol puts your liver in the highest gear so as long as it's still working they are good for that sure, that and right. it goes back to the transplant part as well <laughs> of like as long as my liver is still functioning uh i don't think we're gonna make that decision and i say we're like i'm my doctors are my family but i ultimately i have to make that decision but i do yeah. trust their opinion and fun fact my liver surgeon who took out half my liver he actually then left me for the <laughs> mayo clinic Oh no! So, really? Wow! I thought that know? was pretty cool. Like he was like, "Okay, I don't mean to leave you." And I, I called up. Yeah, but I'm going to the Mayo Clinic to also study all this shit. So right. maybe you'll see your case study one day. And I was yeah. like, I hope so. Does that get you a ticket through the door? You know, like that, That's what like I mean. Can I just walk into Mayo Clinic and be like, excuse me, I'm here to see Dr. So-and-so. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, His name is Dr. So-and-so. That's I know. With, so right. Marcy, with the fun. transplant, um, you said like on average it, it's good for like 10 years. Um, mm -hmm. Does that mean that after ten years you would just have to basically get another transplant, or like, or like, can they do another transplant af after that? Like, how does that work? That is a good question. That I I didn't really kind of dive further into it because I had made my mind up of okay, I have come to terms with I have this illness that I am going to have to live with for the rest of my life. Mm. It w really came down to the quality of life I wanted to have of if we could stick to getting these drains and having different procedures to even chop my liver off again in the future, because it's been and stick to rigorous MRIs, testing, all of those things. If I can stay on top of it and do what I can do as a normal human being to be healthy, et cetera, then maybe we could go from there. But if it got to a point of transplant, no matter what that age, we would find out if, Again, if it would even be an option, because mm -hmm. uh, that's something that I don't know if they've even considered because I was so young. Mm. Right. And transplants yeah. are like when I think whenever we talk about transplants and, you know, I think <laughs> about when we talked to John Granton um, way back about lung transplant and hearing like hearing and watching him talk to you and go like, yo, transplanting is really not today what it was, yeah. you know, when yeah. you were born or when you found out that you might need one someday. Like, it's very different. It has come a long way. The success rates are way higher. The longevity of transplants are way better. And I think about transplants later down the road. Like, when I hear you say, well, it's going to be 10 years. If I get a transplant, then 10 years later, I'll probably need to get an another one. Like, I think about how crazy that is. And I think about two things, like, Will, you know, when I met Jeremy, the day that we are in right now where Health Canada has said that they are going to be reviewing a drug that might mm. get into Jeremy's hands within the next 12 to 24 or 36 months and take away his disease. Like if you had said that 10 years ago and we met, that's, that would be insane. Mm. And that's 10 years ago. It's not that long. I mean, I'm imagining like getting a transplant now and like what does that look like <clears throat> 10 years down the road from that? Like does that transplant hold way longer? Is it yeah. 
way easier to get a transplant? Is it are way they easier using, for it to take? Are they growing with salamander stem cells? Are they yeah. growing? Are they <laughs> right. growing organs? You know, like you know, we uh, we were talking shit uh, last night in our recording that came out today um, about them growing them growing meat like right. consumable yeah. like like meat in a lab and and unlike. It's kind of like putting all these pieces together and being... 10 years is a long time. Like, a, lo- yes. and a lot happens in 10 years. Oh, like yeah. It, it, is, it is pretty wild to think about the world that we will li- be living in in 10 years. Yeah. But also, again, it's like, it does boil down to this, this idea of quality of life that you kind mm-hmm. of brought up earlier, Marcia. So it's like... You know the the treatments that you're doing now, and and maybe that's maybe that's something else we can kind of like dive into because I I like okay you've you've talked about the you've talked about the drainage and you've you've talked about them taking a pretty like drastic measure of chopping off part of your liver, but like are there are there are there other like just day to day treatments that you have to do to kind of <clears throat> maintain baseline or or is it only one of those things that uh, that that comes up when you when something starts going awry? I would say a little bit of both. I'm also happy we're still going with chopped half the liver. We're going <laughs> yeah, yeah, to stick to that. We're very that. happy yeah, we're still yeah. sticking with chopped. Um, but yes, it, it's a little bit of both. I do, like I mentioned, I do what I can to be a healthy human being. You know, I eat my greens. I. I work out. I drink my water. All of those things, but. Even though I do that, I'm still going to get stones at the end of the day. Mm. And that is kind of something that I don't think anyone is like anyone really understands is that was the hardest part for me was accepting that you're sick. You're always going to be sick. So what Mm. can you do to try and be not sick at this point in time? Mm -hmm. Um, So maintenance wise, I do try and live a pretty normal life, especially when I don't have that drain in me or PTC drain. Yeah. Or not having half my liver chopped out. I mean, Mm. I live with a gnarly 18 inch scar. Sometimes I just like make up stories to random strangers that stare at me on the beach. I'm like, (laughs) I wonder what they think. Like, (laughs) should I tell them I got bit by a shark today? Or like, what, what's the cool story that I should go with about like why my whole stomach has these holes and gnarly scar on it. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's it's kind of mean like I, I love my liver disease it's who I am but like you know some people just don't get it so I'm like yeah. I don't know maybe I like jumped off a building and that's how I got it who knows like that would be I was pretty crazy right I was a Marvel <laughs> character like the kids at sick kids exactly so you yeah. never know we told um, a, uh, we told a taxi driver in in uh, St. John's uh, once that we were in that we were uh, we were there doing shows but we told him we were um we were uh, personal injury lawyers, and we were we were there for a conference, and then we ta- started ta- telling him the best ways that he could like file a claim to get money, and it was uh, and we he was really bought into this. it, and uh, and it was really funny, and we held it together the whole ride. I did not take part in that. I, I listened. <laughs> Jeremy's I listened. like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I listened, but I... Um, yeah. yeah, so, like, sometimes I just, like, make shit it's up fun. for people that it's I, like, fun. don't know or, like, don't know my story, et cetera. Yeah. Like, how do you... <clears throat> someone looks at you and you're like, wow, how'd you get that? I was like, well, let me tell you about my rare liver disease that I have. Like, yeah, it, right. it's not something that the everyday person is going to understand, which is why... Everything on your podcast is so great because Ooh. I've never publicly talked about this. I've never had someone to publicly talk about this with. Mm. It's one of those things where I have a great support system, but no one in my life will ever understand that how it really did change me and mm. moving forward, how I've had to deal with it. Mm. Isn't that a crazy it, question that people ask when they're like, so how'd you get that scar? Like, like what what do they expect like what do they think would be an outcome where that they would be comfortable with hearing the response to that like right like how's that ever a good question to ask <laughs> yeah exactly like Thanks odds so are they're going to tell you about some trauma that they experience and you're just going to sit there nodding your head going mm-hmm, i regret asking this question i mean oh and I, the best part was i was asked about it at a pool party in vegas once yeah oh and pool not party. the pool line party, my mean, guy like you mean like <laughs> 
pool party. Pool like, party yeah, at yeah, Vegas yeah, yeah. with the D. Like, I think the chain smokers were playing. Yeah, like, famous and, pool parties. And, and listen, like and I'm they have a song I, called Sick Boy. I, it is, yeah. uh, it is, it is, I think it's okay to like have those conversations, but like to just go up to somebody and ask them about their scar. Like I'm, I would be comfortable having that conversation, but you also don't know what the person who it's not the lives with that scar is dealing with. And like, if, if you're going to like, trigger them to relive trauma that they experience when you ask that. It's just kind of a crazy, like, icebreaker, I think, if you will. Absolutely. So that's why I stick to be, like, getting, I got bit by a shark. Like, we're going to go with that for now. Like, that's I'll great, just make some shit a, up. That's a if, great way to if go. You, if you there really... There are no sharks in Canada, to my if, knowledge. Here's, here's my advice. <laughs> they, they, they definitely are. They're, they're right off the coast of Nova Scotia. I was going to say, you guys are out east. You would there's, know better. There's great, guys, there's great whites kicking around out here. Guys, this oh, is my advice. It. This is my advice. If you're at Encore Beach Club, that's in exactly Vegas, where I was. Yeah, it's it's a good time, eh? <laughs> if you're that's there, exactly where I was. When if you're I got there asked. and you see you're somebody with a gnarly scar, <laughs> and you really, really want to know, like you're like you would regret leaving that space without knowing what happened to them, you could walk up to them and just say, "Hey, nice to meet you. What's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you?" And chances are, by the way, they might Vegas, tell you are, about it. Are you are you in like? How many people at Vegas pool parties are at like the, where their social filter is on <laughs> is like on point? Like they are the, the, zero percent. The filter, the social Nick's filter at, in that space is very very low. Yeah. Very low. As they're drinking their tumblers of hundred dollar U.S. beverages yeah. filled yeah. with who knows what. Yeah, yeah. Uh, guys, I, for I free, wanna... when I rolled at, when I was at the roulette table, I said, I played, "Give I me a yeah. drink yeah. that you have." For definitely a social experiment to just sit. Yeah, and we could do Marvel it. at. Yeah. I just. Uh, I'm in. Let's go to Vegas, guys. Once COVID's <laughs> over, the borders yeah. open back up. We can. It's a. It's a sick boy podcast experiment. Oh, that we I have. Been, I have been there too many times. I we're gonna. You we're actually. We're gonna. We're gonna run like. Uh, an illness summit in Vegas. We're just gonna do a big conference there. And Honestly, we'll I don't in. think I'm. I don't think I'm allowed to go back to Vegas. We have to. Uh, we have to stop talking about Vegas. Because it's um, me PTSD, guys. So I was thinking about uh, transplants, and I was just thinking about how impressive it is that they can they can do them. Like how they can take That's an crazy. organ out of your body and then put somebody else's in, make it fit, and put it all together so that it works. I think of like, like there was this one time when my iPhone broke and I wanted to replace the screen. So I like ordered a screen replacement kit online. And like the second you take out the first screw, you like, there's this like feeling of like, oh fuck, I now have to like reassemble this. No going back. You like, you have to like neatly like take it apart. You're watching YouTube videos, which I'm sure surgeons do when they do transplants. And, and you're just like slowly Mm. taking everything apart. And you're like trying to be really meticulous about it, but then like things just don't lay quite right. So you're like trying to like make it fit, and you're trying to like tediously put the screws back it's a in. Very relatable analogy. And even though you like feel like maybe in the end you feel successful, there's something about the phone that just will never feel right again. Yeah, well, it's like you know when you're trying to regrout <laughs> your 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 bathroom and um, you're watching YouTube videos <laughs> and uh, you start to lay that grout and you go, well, I can't stop now. I got to keep grouting. And you're just, it's kind of like transparent. Guys, you know what I, I hate about you guys? I feel like I've made two really great analogies today and I feel like you'll never accept me for them. Hey, hey I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't disagree with you, Brian. I, but it does, it is, it is crazy to think about how even like, okay, like transplants aside, like, the, this idea of someone like Marcy going in to get their liver chopped in half, like, like the, it, we've like it's just so wild to think of the. Also, t- thinking back to like Brian, you making you know the the other thing that you said earlier that made me think of like doctors in the eighteen hundreds, you know, and like like the the procedures and the ways that they looked at surgery back then versus now, like <clears throat> the amount of trial and error <clears throat> over the so last error. over the last like, hundreds of years is just so staggering, so mind boggling, and like we truly are living in the future, like we are living beyond, we're living beyond the years that. Blade Runner was set, right? Like it's it it's wild to think what can be and will be possible in the coming years. <laughs> yeah, um, on on that note, just really quickly, 
I while we were sitting here talking, I googled <clears throat> salamanders regrow human body parts, and the Smitho- Smithsonian Mag published an article in January of this year saying some salamanders can re- regrow lost body parts. Could humans one day do the same? And then the subtitle is: In recent decades, the idea of human regeneration has evolved from an if to a when. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, man. See? Yeah. <clears throat> like not that crazy. My liver's already regenerating. I've already got the coolest organ doing that. Yeah, it's yeah, true. So at least true. it's my liver regenerating. Yeah, it's That's true. the science and living in the future in itself. How mm-hmm. how has how has living with Caroli's disease affected your like how does it affect your day to day? And I and I mean that um, <clears throat> I mean that in the sense of like your relationships or work or you know um, maybe the things that like people might not be thinking about um, because like. <clears throat> It is like from where we're sitting right now. This this is, seems like a, an, an invisible disability. Like you live with something that I would have no fucking idea that you have Coroli's disease. Um, and as someone who lives with an invisible disability, it's like there there are there are um, there are a hostful of things that people will never see in my life that that I go through every single day that like make the it's fucking hard. Like it's really fucking hard. Um, what are those things for you? And like, what are some of the things that you've been through? How has it affected your life? Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that, Jeremy. It is a full mental game on a whole other level. Um, no one will really ever understand as much as they're there for you, et cetera. Um, whether it's like making sure to take your medications every day, all of those little things like that you also go through that you mentioned. Um, I think, having so again like you said you wouldn't be able to tell right now that I have a liver disease and even when I had that PTC drain in me multiple times uh I've had four of them now because even after the liver got chopped uh they found more stones a year later and another PTC drain went in on the right side so even with that I was going to work um I would take the subway the TTC in Toronto to work every day so I'm pretty used to already having that six foot COVID radius away from me because I was so fragile at that point, like even getting bumped, et cetera. It was the fear, the constant fear of that and like moving the wrong way. Fear of of the spillage or fear of the the pain? No, both. But if someone dared to bump into me, I would uncap that bad boy and spray that bile at them so quick (laughs) that it would just radiate everywhere. (laughs) No one would be near me because of that smell, et cetera. But yeah, like I would be at my office wearing like I dress up for work in suits and skirts and all those things and have a tube attached Mm. to me outside my body that no one at the office would know about. (laughs) So it was those regular day things that from the outside, I looked like your average person commuting to and from Toronto going to work. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end of the day, I would either have to go to the clinic to get the tape changed or spend the whole evening saran wrapping my stomach to shower. (laughs) It's those types of things. Every time, every time you showered. Every time I showered, I would have to retape redress the whole wound it was a process and a half i just started getting blowouts instead and paying someone else to wash my hair (laughs) like i'd be like yeah i'm just going to the salon to get a blowout but no one would know why (laughs) it was that type of thing where it was like the ass to get in the shower so and it takes that much more time that many more steps getting in and out of cars was surprisingly the hardest thing for me mm. because oh, really? all of them were right in the middle of where you kind of like fold to sit into a car and it was wildly the hardest part it would i would like contort myself to, to like not be in pain to get into a vehicle oh, mm. and it was one of those things where i would try and also live a regular social life i had like i mentioned great people in my life that they were very accommodating of like hey, we're going to go out to the bar, but we're going to do a pre-drink before. And like, we're happy to have you. We have a couch. We're ready. Like, we want you to come socialize with us still. Mm. And even there were nights where my friends would obviously like, now we're not going to go to the bar tonight. We're going to pull Marcy's mattress into her condo living room and have a sleepover and watch movies. Like it, it, but it did also feel like I, I did miss out on a lot. You didn't get to travel. I was like 27, 28. Like it was all those things of like living downtown Toronto, especially in your 20s. I did miss out on a lot of those things. And uh, it's one of those things now where I don't want to miss out. So that's why going back to the transplant question, I 
know the quality of life. I've dealt with it now for so long that I have adjusted to try and make it work for me so I can mm. still experience everything as much to my ability. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's like, it's so important. It's, it's nice to hear that you have like such a, such a solid support group around you because there's, there's a lot of people out there that unfortunately don't have that, you know, and, I like, don't. and, no, and I it, agree. and it adds to like, not only does it make it harder for you to, to like be able to manage your own, the, your own outlook on your, your own illness and, and your own life, but like also adds this layer of like shame or embarrassment or like, you know, constantly trying to hide things that, you know, it's just like so all of it always hiding the tube, not talking about it, it being in pain, standing up, being out with people, like all of those things that I would never want to burden anyone with either. So it was, it's, it was interesting. And my friends were always very supportive. They still are to this day. Like they know I obviously live with this disease. I just don't think anyone until you experience like you Jeremy with CF will know the extent of what Mm. you go through Mm -hmm. because you can describe it all you want all of those things but on a day-to-day basis like it 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 really changed me but like I said I'm so lucky to have those people in my life my friends my family etc and I'm also so lucky that I live downtown Toronto very close to these specialists like I walked in to my surgery walked to the hospital at 6 a.m to get my liver chopped I didn't even have to drive. I didn't have to pay for parking. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it is. I, I, I'm going to ask you uh, a question that a two-parter that we ask most of our guests. Yeah. Uh, the, the first one is out of, out of everything that you've gone through with uh, Caroli's disease, what would you say is the biggest thing that it's taken away from you? That I'll never be a hundred percent again. And I know mm. that. I would say that's the part. I will never have the energy, be able to bounce back, recover. And again, that could just be old age and everyone goes through that part. But I would say it took away that kind of late half of my 20s. And it is something now that I know I won't be able to bounce back from Mm -hmm. in every way, mentally, Mm -hmm. socially, physically, etc., it has just taken, I'll never be a 10 out of 10 is the best way to describe it. Like sure. on your best day, you're feeling great. Everything's good. I'll always be that kind of seven or eight out of 10. Mm. Do, do you feel like in, in just to sort of like, um, I guess ask, um, a little bit more about that. Are, do you find that you're, you're risk averse because of that? Like, like I imagine that if, if I was living with something, knowing that like, you know, if I get a cold, then it could put me out of commission for a really long time. If I, you know, do X, then then it might take a really long time to recover. Do you feel like you sort of like pull yourself out of situations that you find might sort of lead to um, either a, like a flare up or, you know, might put yourself in, in jeopardy a bit? Absolutely. Now, East Coasters, don't hate me, but I have not eaten seafood or anything with fish oil in it because that is like the one thing my liver cannot metabolize or process at all without getting nauseous Hmm. instantly. Really? So like I haven't had delicious seafood. So things like that. I take myself out of those situations. It's a through a trial and error process, I would say a lot of the time, because there isn't any dedicated research to be like, no, you need to stay (laughs) away from seafood. But Mm. I know my body. And I would say it's like a sixth sense with your body when you have a disease that I know when I get the flu, I get my flu shot every single year. Um, and no matter what, it's one of those things. And I know when I get the flu, because I still inevitably will get the flu, I've already had it this year. Mm. I'm out of commission for 24 hours, like in Mm. bed, aches, pains, cannot move. I'm done. Mm. And so, like you said, like you get a cold and it's a cold, like it lasts longer. It's all those things because your body doesn't have, I, that's what your liver does. I it. It really, I don't have the immune system to fight off like mm. anyone else does. Hangovers, like two days, like uh, all those things. What What happens <laughs> if you do eat, like if you had, like let's say you had some lobster, like what, like is it just like, 
Like your guts. I can throw up on cue. It's amazing. It's like a skill. Yeah. And it's the gross bile stuff. Right. Sure. 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 Not the mucus, the bile, the viscous stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, like a lot of really spicy foods I haven't been able to fully process. I kind of experiment to see with, can I get away with this today? I've gotten to a certain spice level and I know that's kind of my max. Super anything, super acidic, et cetera. But like you can bet I will still take down a Big Mac and be quite all right. <laughs> nice. Yeah, well, that's all that matters. Exactly. Um, what, what uh, the second part of that question, what would you say is the biggest thing that your Corollis disease has given you? I think it's really given me a different outlook on how I view everything in my life because I know I'll never be that 10 out of 10. I appreciate and pay attention to the little things that much more. In a way that my relationships, I'm very proud of like all the work that I do. I love my job, those types of things. And it's one of those things where I'm going to take my pills every day and inevitably I'm going to get sick again and we'll deal with it when it comes. But like I said, I haven't had a PTC drain since May 2019. And that's been, it's been a great, yep, what up? Mm -hmm. Even with COVID, I'm so thankful for the year that I've had from my health because I've been able to appreciate those things without having any flare-ups, without having anything kind of impact it come my way. So Mm. I've been able to go to cottages, go in a hot tub, like those little things, it gives you a different appreciation for the relationships you have, the things you're able to do. I was able to travel before COVID, like back in summer of 2019, those types of things that I didn't get to do that I had a new kind of Mm. round of go ahead, do it. Now's the time. (laughs) Amazing. Well, Marcy, I got to say, this is, uh, this has been a real treat. Uh, Again, I love digging into the, uh, the diseases that we've never heard of, the ones that are ultra rare, like your, your, your own here with Corolli's disease. Um, it I keep us posted. Let us know, you know, I like, know. I, yeah, if, if that drainage comes around again, um, I just for, you know, for our own sake, uh, to definitely send some photos of that, of that fucking bag. Cause that, that shit is right. That's as, as I will. As I'll is, actually right send along. I have a couple hilarious photos of me, like yeah. holding open a blazer with it, like taped up safety <laughs> pinned inside. Yeah. So I'll could, send um, some of those along. <laughs> if you could kind of bottle a fragrance. Nope. No, 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 no. <laughs> send nope. it and send it well. out yeah. east. Yeah. I am yeah. Yeah, I wonder I am, if I could mail that. I yeah, wonder if you yeah, would get stuff. Like a bathroom spray, Aerosol. like a mister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God damn yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. I would love to. Yeah, if you ever want to smell your insides, like I'd be happy to show you one day. Like it's It'll be, really. I, you know what's really, crazy? There's it, a market for that. And a really good prank. A really good prank. I'm making, me and my partner are making uh, candles for friends and family for Christmas this year. I hope this comes out after Christmas. Uh, <laughs> whoopsie. There's your bit. Spoil, spoiler alert, spoiler friends alert. and family. Uh, but how funny would it be if you're just like, you made candles and you just labeled it insides? Insides. Vile, fragrant candles. There's a market for that somewhere, I'm telling you. There is. I don't know. You should disguise it, though. Really, really, really enthusiastic. Call it like a blissful bile or like something like that. And and people would just be like, ooh, blissful bile. I wonder what that smells like. We have no idea what that smells like. Exactly. I think I actually met a a few people on your mom's house that might be interested in Uh, You might. Yeah, don't talk about that. Neither here nor there. All right. Well, that's a good place to wrap. Marcy, this has been really fun. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day today to uh, share with us uh, your experience with Corona. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And that was a conversation all about bile and livers and shit. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that because um, because that's what we do for a living. And uh, if you didn't enjoy it, well, you've tuned in to the wrong show. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Uh, you so might be here? looking for something a little more professional, like uh, the Dose, also a CBC <laughs> podcast. Uh, if you did like this, uh, uh, great. Guess what? We'll be back every Friday, every Monday. Uh, we're coming at you twice a week. You can listen to us anywhere you find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the CBC Listen app. And if you've got some cool stories that you want to send our way about your, your journey with an illness, um, something crazy that happened to you, you know, if, um, if you ever jumped out of a plane, your parachute didn't open uh, and you lived, that'd be cool to hear about a second time. Um, send it on over, letters at sickboypodcast.com. And if you want to be a guest on the show, you want to be one of the people that we talk with each and every week, 
sickboypodcast.com slash contact. You fill out the form there. You apply to be a guest. We read them. We look at all of them. And maybe we'll have you uh, on here in the show uh, virtually, maybe in the future when, uh, you know, there's pandemics aren't a thing. Uh, we might see you in person. Yeah, sickboypodcast.com slash contact. And as always, Sick Boy Podcast is co-hosted by the three of us goofballs and also occasionally on Feel Good Fridays by our co-host and co-producer, Lauren Sankey. We are managed by Jeff Lonis. Shout out to that guy. We love him very much. The sound design for the show is done by Donovan, the Meerkat, CPAP, Morgan. And the theme music for our show is by Take Part. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.